0: that I believe 2023 has for all of us. First verse would be in Psalm 16, chapter 16, verse 11 says, you, talking about him, make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's a fullness of joy. How many would like a more fullness of joy in 2023? Hello? All right? And at your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. It's a great thing. Psalms 84 says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage. Folks, we are on a journey. If you think you've arrived you might want to check your map, okay? You might want to just check what God has in store for you because we're going to go through things that are valleys. We're going to go through mountaintops, but it says when we walk through the Valley of the Weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs with the Lord. It says that the autumn rains will clothe it in blessing, whatever we might go through in 2023. So realizing it's a journey and realizing that we're to continue to grow stronger through it is an important thing. We all know this verse, if we say it out loud together, read with me here, Romans eight twenty-eight. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. I'm kind of redoing that. For those who are called according to his purposes, I learned a different version. But isn't that something? To think of this great adventure. And uh, to kick us off, we have an intro video. If you'll turn your attention to the screens.
1: take me there. It's a new day for me. I feel it in my bones. I feel alive. I am set free. It's a new day for me. And nothing in this world will interfere. This is my
0: What we're doing in these first few weeks, Pastor Todd and I got together and the Lord kind of put together this theme of the great adventure. Uh, last week we talked about foundations. It's always good to know where you are before you move forward. And part of the foundations that God is laying in all of us and the foundations that we hope for you is that you believe believe, and experience the love and forgiveness of, of God. It's a foundational building block to belong to the body of Christ and to become ultimately a fully devoted follower of Christ. If you haven't seen it, make sure and dial back and take a look at that. It's online. Matthew seven twenty four says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the man who built his house upon the rock. We talked about that. And I know if you're like me, you want to be building a life, building a ministry, building your, your uh, future on something that's Solid. Proverbs 3 says, My son, don't forget my teachings, but keep my commands. This, again, we touched base on these scriptures of the foundational pieces for uh, heading into the future. It's always good to have a good architect. Have you ever been uh, around trying to build something you didn't know what you wanted to build or how to build it? God's the architect, all who come to him. Uh, Romans 8.20 says, For those whose love all things will be worked together for good. We just said that a minute ago. So this great adventure... Starts with a foundation. It takes all your past, but your past doesn't necessarily make your future, correct? It's, it's built upon. And then today, we want to. I want to share with you the, our commitment to you. You say, oh, okay, what is that all about? Well, I want us to do some Bible study first. I, I want you to hear kind of what we're committing and why. See, in this great adventure, we think finding life in community is a big, big element of the journey. Uh, you will find life when you do life with other people. Yes, you can go solo, but really there's so much more. We also know that you see the teachers that say love God and love others. We know that loving God comes through worship and prayer and through uh, growing in knowledge. We know these elements. These are part of the, the, the atmosphere of your journey. And then loving others, if, if you don't love others, you're going to fall short of the, all that God has for you. These are foundational pieces. Everyone in here at some point in time was looking for a family or a church home or people to hang out with. And you began to search, right? How many of you remember those days? You don't have to raise your hand, but remember searching. I need to find people that are somewhat like me, or maybe a place where I can believe they're they're headed in the right direction. So you investigate a little bit. You, uh, some of you did it from the the keyboard, you know, you can, or or your phone or mobile device, because you nowadays there's so much online. But, but then you had to participate. You had to kind of come and step into the environment and sense what the Lord was up to, and and see if really there's good chemistry, and could I. Can I call this my garden to grow in, right? And then there was a commitment that you made. You all made a commitment to get up this morning. Some of you did shower. But you all decided to come here and be at the 9 o'clock service. Some other people made a commitment to come at 1045, but it's a great thing. But I want you to know this abundant life that we see in the Word of God starts with Christ, being in Christ it is, it is grown and developed and found in community, but I want to bring into a, a focus today especially because we're not just a, a great organization of people. We're not just a great, you know, cooperative of, of taking care of families. No, no. We're here for the ministry of God to bring transformation to us as people, as followers. Amen? Amen. How, many, how many of you understand? Well, we're, we're, let's dive into this. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone, everybody look around, is there anyone left out of that anyone, Uh, or it could be anyone in Christ, when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is past and behold, the new has come. Now, I don't know about you. When I said yes to Jesus, I seem to carry around my past with me. Did anybody lose their past immediately and never thought about it any longer? Or if you've been slowly trying to forget the past and replace it with good future. Man, oh man, oh man, we got a long time we're going to have together here today, all right? Well, listen. Let, me, let me slow it down for you. No, so, so this is a, a, a picture of being transformed in a physical way. It's, a, it's an amazing uh, picture of a, going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. I had years in my life I would probably more identify with a caterpillar, just eat my way through life. Maybe it was only a few months ago or a week ago. Anyway, so, so, but, but what God envisions is me to take flight. That caterpillar, when it first came into being, probably had no idea that it would be flying around one day. Isn't that an amazing thought? What God has for you, see, Jesus wants people to be transformed. He didn't come. He said, "I came so that you would worship me." That's nowhere in Scripture as far as the New Testament. He says, "I came to what? Heal the blind, set the captives free." I and mean, there's all this great prophecy, and He fulfilled it. And so, when we think about transformation, we have foundations. I'm going to talk today about what 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 is the journey ahead, kind of the ultimate goal. And starting next week, Pastor Todd is going to take how do you take the journey? How do you prepare? How do you go forward? But you have to keep in mind what God wants, what Jesus, and the reason he came to this earth was to bring transformation to you, not just to heal the physical things, not just to give physical sight, but to heal you from the inside out. So far, so good. I've got an illustration. I'm going to pull it in here. I didn't know when I was going to do it, Floyd, but I'm going to ask Floyd if he's here. Floyd, 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 Floyd's not here. That's all right. I'm going to do it right now anyway. That's okay. Floyd, <laughs> welcome, Floyd. Welcome, Floyd. Sorry, F- no, no, that's all right. The one minute that I, I told him it was going to be further in the sermon. I just think this is the place to do it. So everybody knows what this. This is a great instrument here. Imagine, and Floyd is offered to be uh, the guinea. I mean, the example here. But listen, he's playing a familiar song. Hear it. See, Floyd was just like you and I. We were born with an an amazing ability, like this instrument, to be a beautiful song to heaven. And yet, over life, and things happen, and this, this thing has still great sound. Make a joyful noise, sound of the Lord, right? But we go to church, we hear about... Oh, let's take some things, take our burdens to the Lord. And so what we do is we come and we leave a few things, but most of the time what we want to do is we think that Scripture's telling us to clean up the outside. I, mean, you know, I just say i got to stop you know, cussing and chewing and going with the girls who do, and I need to, you know, and we just, it's behavioral modification, and we'll clean it off. But sometimes it helps a little, but it doesn't really transform you. But if we allow God in, in, get the picture, and you begin to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on some areas that I've not told anything about anybody about, and I'm going to let you touch that. And all of a sudden, he delivers you. He transforms an area of your life by letting it be set free. You're no longer in bondage. No longer is that tied up. It was in there all along. You see the difference? And if you stay long, and you say, well, I did it once back in 1987. God wants all of you. And so I'm going to see if I can reach further. further. So all of a sudden you can go, well, I think I'm going to keep asking the Lord for more. Identifying me, anything, Lord, that's getting in the way of you. And he sets more and more of you. He transforms you into what you were originally meant to be. And notice he's still got a few things going on. I don't know if I can reach all the way back there. But in this example, Floyd had to come back multiple times to the Lord. Could God take care of it all at once? Yes, but isn't it like an onion? Where we find one thing that, and he touches it, we get freedom and we walk in freedom. But then he goes, if you ask, I want much more. He then reveals some more things and some more things. And eventually, he's even finding it himself. You get set free. You get set free. And all of a sudden, everything you were designed to be is able to be heard in heaven and on earth, and it encourages us. Folks, what an example of transformation. You just get the picture. Thank you. Thank you, Floyd. Man. He wants to heal us from the inside out, to be transformed. See, Ezekiel even says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll put it in you, and I'll remove the heart of stone. Church, we're talking about a whole new year, and the only way it's going to be different than last year is you're allowing God into more places within you. Within you. People, let me give you some examples of people who are transformed. And these some of these, the only way it could even have have happened, if you think about it, is the Lord's uh, involvement in their life. David, born a shepherd boy, (laughs) was anointed by Samuel when, when he was like, 10 or 15, I don't know, somewhere in there. They didn't really. Uh, kills Goliath, a na- this giant supernaturally is able to destroy or kill Goliath before he's 20 years old. Becomes king at 30. Imagine you being king at 30 years of age. And then did that for 40 years. Yes, he had his bumps, but God took him from being a shepherd to a warrior to a king. God can do anything. How about this? Paul, he was a persecutor, born in Tarsus, was a, a Pharisee of all Pharisees. He persecuted the church. He was there when Stephen was stoned, and, and he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus somewhere around 29. See, it's never too late. And all of a sudden, he's changed. And God tra- took everything in his past and transformed him into a vessel that could be a part of writing the scripture that we study today. How about Simon Peter and Andrew? They were, they were fishermen, just common folk, and turned them into fishers of men. It's a beautiful story. How about Matthew, a tax collector? And he began to be transformed into being an author of much of the Bible. I know you've probably heard of this one, the woman at the well. The reason I want to pull in this particular story is it's important to us as we look at John. I want us to glean a couple of truths out of this. John chapter 4 verse 7 says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. And uh, we find in verse 8 that the other disciples had gone down to Sonic for a a two-for-one but in verse 9, it says the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? See, it wasn't normal for that to happen. She was a woman from Samaria. Verse 10, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God, hello, that's something for today. We're going to come back to this. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. That's relevant today, folks. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw from. You know, she's still in the physical. She's still wanting to polish the outside of the piano. Uh, Where do you get this living water? he goes on in verse 13, and Jesus says, everyone who drinks of this physical water, you know, the coming to church only, the participation in the bumper sticker club of, you know, the fish society, I don't know, whatever. You know, that's not what's going to get you anywhere. He says, oh no, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. In fact, it leads to eternal life. And this woman, sir, give me this water. She had to make a choice. She had to, she had to decide and commit something. And when she did, it changed her life. In fact, she had to run off and tell people what we find though, before that happened is we find that he says, okay, you want this living water? Then go talk to your husband, bring your husband. He just wants her to acknowledge her need for him. In fact, not only five husbands, but sixth in the, in, the, in the present. And she realizes, How do you know all this about me? Well, you must be a prophet. And then she talks about, I understand. He talked a little bit about where to worship, you know, that where you do it online or not, you know, those kind of places. But she said, I understand there's a Messiah coming, and he says, I am he. Isn't that amazing? And once that happens, She had to drop what she was up to. She changed her whole mission of what she was up to. She ran back told people. They came out to him. And it says many Samaritans from that town believed. It started with a woman at the well that had kind of a a, a difficult past, a a a past full of hurts and habits and hangups. I coined that from an organization that's really good. And yet he touched her and he... And through her testimony, many came. In fact, they said, yeah, we we came initially because of you, but now we're hearing, and now we're receiving. Isn't that a a great story that we think about? A Samaritan and others becoming believers. You want to talk about transformation? It's a heart transformed. It's someone that is not making eternity with with the Lord, uh, headed to hell, transferred into an eternity with the Lord forevermore. Amen? So what do we learn? So that was a great story, Pastor. What do we learn? Here's what I got out of it: that no matter what, the love of God's never going to separate you from what He intends for you. It doesn't matter your gender differences. When we look at the scripture, uh, they, they, you know, at that time in that culture, you didn't find people talking with other other uh, people of the opposite sex. You wouldn't even. There would be barriers related to that, there, uh, religious differences. We have a Samaritan and a Jew. A Jew would say, you're unclean, and there are people in today's world, they don't have to be Jews, but they're Christians, they're those Christians, right? And somehow we just can't get down there because you might make me dirty. You're unclean. You're unkept. You don't do it the way we do it. Man, Lord, forgive us, right? This Samaritan vessel would, by most people, would look at him and say that she was not worthy of carrying the hope that would set people free, but she received by making a choice to believe. Her life changed many. I want us to hear that. It doesn't matter what your past has been. It doesn't matter what you've struggled with, even just last night. If you give yourself over to the Lord, he will use you not only to set you free, but he'll use you to help other people be free too. Man, we got to hear that in 2023, folks. If we knew Jesus was going to show up January 1, 2024, how many people would you hope you get to talk to before then to make heaven? A lot of them, right? I love this part. Not even our past, not even our sin, not in part but in whole, none of it can keep us from the love of the Lord. That's what we find with a woman at the well. I have, though, a modern-day testimony of transformation. Modern day. Lewis Zamprini uh, actually was a movie made by him or uh, for about this called Unbroken uh, by Laura Hildenbrand. But uh, Lewis was a World War II bomber whose B-24 plane crashed into the ocean. And he endured 47 days floating on a raft, fighting off sharks, experiencing starvation and dehydration... And he and one other person survived this when they were rescued by the Japanese. Still at war. He was thrown into a prison camp and was tortured until the end of the war. Sounds like a pretty tough story. While he was in this raft at sea, he remembers he made a vow to God that if he were saved, rescued, he would serve him. The war comes to an end. His fellow, he and the fellow POWs were rescued and he returns home as their hero, but the war kept raging in him. It wouldn't stop. His mind, his soul was somewhat tormented because of the experiences, things that he went on with. And it could be a war thing, but it also could be anything in your life that was terrible and hard and you've had heartache over. In fact, one night it says that it was so severe that he woke up and realized he was hurting his loved one because he was still thinking he was with his captors. At one point, he knew he needed help. I needed help to purge my demons. And he was encouraged to attend a Billy Graham crusade. All right, are you ready? So here's this young man that not only was an Olympian athlete, went and served his country, but he came home with a war inside of him. And many of us have a war battling in us right now. He didn't want to go to this Christian thing, you know, this Christian thing. He'd heard about it. But he remembered one day on that raft making that commitment. So he went to the crusade and it was there that he received Jesus Christ. And it was since then, in the beginning that day, that the nightmare stopped. It was then that he realized God was transforming him and it was through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he spent the rest of his life, okay? And this gentleman over at the far end, he's close to 97 in this photo. He spent the rest of his life speaking and sharing the love of God, of Jesus. He was the walking example of Christ. In fact, he went and flew back over to Japan to many of the people who had tortured him and were mean to him, and gave, it said he gave forgiveness. Forgave them, had compassion, and that's a true transformation in and of itself, wouldn't you say? Jesus can enter into any torment. He can enter into any aspect of your life, and he can set you free. If anyone is in Christ. Everybody say anyone. It's a choice. It doesn't say everyone. It said if anyone. That means if you ask for it, you can receive it. Okay? then everything has changed. Everything has changed. And then we know in Philippians 1, 6, when we, when we realize a story like this, we've, I, I'm certain that God who began the good work in you is what? He's faithful to continue this work. He's faithful. Amen? Man, I'm so glad you all let him work in me. I look over the last 20 whatever years here as your, as your pastor. I've grown up so much, and guess what? I'm still growing up. I've been growing out too, but I'm trying to grow up right? But aren't you glad that he doesn't leave us alone until we step into heaven? If we, if we come to him, he'll teach us. So this being transformed, I want to make sure that you realize that the elders, the leaders of this church, and what I believe all Christians probably should have in their mind when we think of ministry, is we're making a commitment to those that are growing up in him. So how many are growing up in him? I said, I am, all right? And you all are growing up, you say, well, pastor, you're above us. No, I'm not. I'm just on my journey, and I look to Christ in you sometimes to encourage me. I tell everybody new that comes on staff, I'm gonna learn a lot from Jesus through you. And they look at me and I'm like, well, you're gonna live for me, but I'm gonna to learn too. If I'm looking for Christ, I can find him. Isn't it a good thing? So what's our foundation for this? Jesus has a conversation with Peter. It's after the resurrection. And they're out on the Sea of Galilee, kind of getting back to regular business. And they don't even really recognize him at first. But in John chapter 21, we find this story. And when they were finished with breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of God, John, do you love me more than these? And he said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, then feed my sheep. So far, so good, right? Goes on in verse 16, he said to him a second time, Son, John, and it could, I could put Bill's name in there, your name, but he says, Do you love me? And he said, Yes, Lord, I love you. Then tend my sheep. And then he said a third time, Do you love me? And I don't know about you, but if, if my wife had to ask me three times if I loved her, I might be wondering if she thinks I don't, right? Think about the Lord. He goes, oh God, you know me. You know, He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And he says, then feed my sheep. And what I bring this to you for is the reason and the motivation and the foundation of why we as a staff and elders and why really as Christians with other believers are to do what we do. And that is because of God's love for us. Do you love him? Do you love him? He was trying to get Peter to realize, remember Peter? He was, built a, he was the rock, remember? He, he said, I, I need you to know you need unconditional love. I need you if what you're a, what's ahead of you to, to, to be part of shepherding, be part of uh, caring. And he uses things like uh, 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 of, 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 of something deeper than just brotherly love. Church, I love that we have brotherly and sisterly love in this room. I love it. I love that we come together. Man, we'll pour coffee for one another. We'll open the door for one another until you look at me cross-eyed. And then I don't know. How many other churches, gatherings, have you seen that? It's just people, people do get cross-eyed. But when you shift gears and you, you look cross-eyed somebody that just loves you, and they go, you're having a day, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You need to go see Jesus. Have you had your caffeine yet? And Jesus Christ and caffeine is what my wife and I have before we usually talk to one another in the morning. Jesus is saying, this isn't a brotherly, this isn't a, a, a YMCA uh, relationship. This is me saying, this is something deeper. This is agape, unconditional love. And you're going to need this, Peter, to be part of my ministry in the world that's ahead. He's saying, church, you're going to need this, this unconditional love of, of the Lord and the for the Lord for you to do all that you're to do as you go out from here. So our commitment to you, number one, as a staff, elders, pastors, whatever, is, is let you know that we have to remain in an unconditional love for the Lord or we can't do it. Because you're going to make us, <clears throat> excuse me, you can't make us. We're going to let you upset us. You're gonna, we're going to let you uh, behave and, and wobble and you know, drop coffee on the floor that we just had shampooed. It's going to make us irritated. Or we can say, you know what? The floor is not what is important. It's your journey. Amen? How many of you give grace to your kids sometimes? <laughs> Did you notice I gave it sometimes? You know? How many of you want to give grace as much as God's given you grace? Well, then it's a lifestyle. So the second thing, that's the first commitment, is we're going to remain in a posture of, 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 of an unending, unbridled love for the Lord, our staff. It's not just worship, it's, it's love. And then we want to take that same love and bring it to you. And then we're going to use this model. See, in this context of love is also three commitments. Number one, are commandments, and that's number one, that to pasture or tend the lambs, the sheep. And notice he uses lambs on the first one. And by the time he gets to two and three, he's talking about sheep, kind of like the young getting groaning up a little bit. They all, We all need it. And he's like, we got over here. And if there was a fourth commandment, even pastor Bill, give him grace and let him keep growing, right? I mean, This Greek word is this present tense of tending and feeding and caring. And I can say without a shadow of a doubt, our staff is committing to to journey with you. The second thing we find is this tend the sheep. It's this overseeing and not, not lording over. And there's so much scripture that explains this, but it's a point, uh, this point, men, is where we get pastor and presbyteros and, and episcopos. These are terms for eldership that we're an elder led shir- church and uh, we're only following the Lord and then we follow the him. But we're shepherds. And then the third one was back to tending again. It's this. Shepherding the flock. I I can uh, probably ask uh, anybody in here, do shepherds beat the sheep? No. Do shepherds cattle drive sheep with whips and, you know, we're going to drive you somewhere. We're going to make you drink from the trough of the water. No. A sheep, somebody that shepherds, knows the sheep, travels with the sheep, helps the sheep, Knows when to move them to other pastures when this is not the right place of growth, but over here is better for you and you. We'll go after the one. And that's a commandment that he gave to Peter. From the youngest to the fullest to help you grow up. Folks, let me just say this. One of the passions that we have, I know from as elders, is that this year be a year of transformation, of growth in you. Not of knowledge, but of change. Hmm. So here's some things I can put into practical ABCs. And if this sounds like something that it would be good for those people down the street, just go, yay, or okay, or uh-huh, or mm-hmm. We will welcome you with open arms. Now, let me, let me shift this. You think I'm just talking about pastors and elders and paid staff. I'm talking about this church. See, if you're a believer, you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have a ministry, you have a calling to be able to share the hope that's within you. So yes, we are going to model it here, but we're really talking about us. So when somebody walks in off the street, they've got purple hair and, you know, three legs and two, four eyeballs or whatever. I don't know. I'm trying to make a yellow purple people eater kind of person, you know, one eyed, one horn, yellow, purple, flying. flying, flying. Flying. Okay. See, I want to see who was there. See, you were back there in the purple Kool-Aid days. Okay. But we want to open, have our arms wide open, amen? Doesn't matter. We want to love them like Christ loves us, amen? We are going to love people like Christ loves us. And then the minute we get our flesh getting all stinkified, we're going to have a friend say, hey, I know you know your heart, and that's to let Jesus be Jesus here. And God be God here, we're going to give him room. So get that off your face, right? That little smirky thing. And we're going to walk with you. And you're going to wobble. And notice the steps, you know. At the first, it was a little bit of a swirly pattern up there. If you notice, that was just, you know, people coming out of New Year's. But that's okay. We're going to walk with you. We're going to give you guidance. We're going to help you if you fall or stumble, pick you up. Amen? Yes. We, not just the sta- paid staff. You, we. How about this? We, now it may be that we have some of us teaching the Word of God, but we want you all teaching the Word of God in your way. If you have homes, that's a place, a great place to share the Word of God. You can get helps. So we want to help you there. We want to seek the leading of the Holy Spirit, not only in the worship services, but we want to, to, to seek prayer. We're going to pray over you that the Holy Spirit leads you. How do you think that's a better thing than GPS? I don't know. God, GPS. God, man device. Yeah, oh, but there's so many satellites. Heavenly hosts. Starlink, I don't know. We want to pray for you and we want to celebrate. Somebody comes in here from another path and they get in here and God touches their life. They don't have to be a member for us to celebrate them, right? Right? Oh, what if somebody is at another gathering called a church and God touches their lives there and they get saved or they get set free or they get called into another place? How about celebrating that too? Guess what? When we get to heaven for the rest of our lives, we're going to be with those people. Have you ever thought about that? Let's start practicing now. So we are making some commitments to you. We as a body want to make a commitment to this world, but I want to bring it home to the commitment from you today. It always comes with you having to take a step. If you'll pull out those slips of paper right now. Pull out those slips of paper. I wish we didn't always need paper to to validate something, but it is a good tool. See, when we accept Christ into our lives, he takes the hurt, the fear, the Uh, the past experiences. He begins to work on not just the exterior of our instrument or our life, he begins to want to, he wants you to let him in because he sees already what is going on in our hearts, what is already uh, locking up some of the sounds and the abilities and the capacity for the fullness of God. We were talking the other day about could we ever experience all that God is and the Bible says there's no way to comprehend him in totality. But wanting more of him every day is okay. Have you thought of that? I want more to, I want to understand you more. I want more of your love. I want I want to understand your forgiveness more and your grace. I, I want it to flow through me like a tsunami that goes out from my life to others because they need it as much as I need it. Not Fill me up, Lord. Make it only my cup, Lord. Give me fun and pleasure for me only. That's not what it says. He's to fill us up to overflowing so that we have an effect. Excuse me. He has an effect on a world that's dying and needs him. Amen. Healing. 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 First thing you have to commit to for this journey is will you trust the Lord? Will you trust him as your savior? Have you made that conclusion? Are, are, the other thing is, are you taking a step to seek understanding? There's a list of things on that piece of paper. Did you notice at the top? I mean, you all may be rock stars already on some of this, but I'm still, every time I get down to level 842, I find out there's an
1: 843.
0: There's more. There's more. About God's forgiveness, hearing God's voice, spiritual identity, authority, spiritual warfare, being set free from bondage, getting my piano unclogged. Hmm. It's interesting. Are you Are you willing to take a step and ask for help? Actually, I don't have room or time to fit God anymore into my life. You know, if he starts rearranging the furniture, then I'm not going to find my way. I'm really comfortable with the hangouts and, and hurts that I have now. They're, fa- they're family. They're family. At least, at least I know what to, what's predictable. That is a lie from the devil, folks. And there are people out there that are looking to be set free. Looking for the healing encounter with our Lord. So on this piece of paper, I would encourage everyone to fill out this piece of paper if they want to. I would ask them to check as many boxes as they want because we as the elders and the staff will take this and begin to look at how we can help you understand more of these things. Maybe help with your marriage. I know nobody in here needs that, but there are some people down the street that probably had a couple of bumps along the way. How about parenting? Parenting. Duct tape and drill are not part of the toolkit. Just making sure you all knew that. I just want to talk to a pastor. Because I'd love to talk to you if you're in need. If God is putting that on your heart, to talk heart to heart. So the question is, will you take a step? When we close today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to walk those up and just lay them up here on the steps. We're gonna dismiss so you can exit and nobody will know. But you gotta hear my heart as your, one of your pastors. I want more than anything in this world for you to run into the, not only the saving knowledge of Jesus, but the delivering, healing power of Jesus. I want you changed and transformed into more and more the image of Christ, but I want you to carry that the dunamis, that power of God in you as you go out of here, whether it's at home, parenting, marriage, whether it's at the workplace, I desire you to get in on kingdom things. I, I think testimony should start ringing out of what God did and, and you didn't even expect it because it's the way you're carrying him, amen? John 4 says this, everyone who drinks this water mean the way you're doing it sometimes is going to thirst again but with him it's going to flow like a spring through you. And then that last question. If you knew the gift of God, you would ask him for it. If you knew the gift that we're talking about and could imagine it, the much more is you would ask for it. So our commitment to you is help you on your journey. Amen. Amen. All right, let's all stand. Come back next week. You're going to get... Let me just say, Pastor Tyler has had more weeks of preparation. It's going to be like the Hoover Dam and all the floodgates opening up. Uh, You may get three messages all in one, but it'll be amazing as it builds upon all that we've been talking about. Um, Great things are going on. Men, we have... a gathering at 1230 today after church, if you want to be part of the men's ministry, future thinking, I'm just giving a little commercial there. But l- let me just say this. I, I have you do this often. Look, look, look around this room. I get the privilege of looking at all of you. You know what? That, do you know why? Because I see the glory of God. <laughs> I you think that I'm, I'm not even being funny? It's beautiful. So look around and say, God, let me see the spirit, your spirit in these people. Let me see, and everybody's in different places, but you're part of the body of Christ. The glory of God rests upon you, but he wants to turn the flame up. He wants to turn his effect in you up. He wants you to have more joy and more peace. So if you'll let me, I'm going to pray that over us today. Is that all right? Hello? But remember, it's not your cup, it's his cup. You're the vessel but it, he's the reason he, to go out and to share him. All right? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for these beautiful people. Thank you for the evidence of your handiwork. Thank you for the diversity, but Lord, thank you for the purpose gifting in each one. Lord, we pray today that not only that you'll build on our foundations, but that Lord, you will bring transformation. You'll deliver us not only from evil, but you will bring what's in us that Only maybe you know that you would reveal it to our hearts. I pray that whoever is seeking you and wants more of you, Lord, that we, with your help, help that happen. To be set free and free indeed. So Lord, rain down upon this place. Give us your peace and encouragement. Lord, give us your boldness to trust you. And may we step forward and and today make a decision, make a commitment. I'm taking the first step. I'm going to take a step. And then, God, we wait for you to do your work. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed. You have to walk backwards now down the aisles uh, because of the decals. No, God bless you all. Love on one another. You're dismissed.